0: Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Amy.
1: And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running, and we're going to talk about the most important thing, our dogs. Yay, dog Yay. update straight away. Dog we had a asked. little doggy, we had a little doggy day.
0: <laughs> we did, we did, it was really, well, there, there was a lot of clean-up <laughs> afterwards, let's just say.
1: <laughs> oh yes, of course, how it ended for you was hilarious for us. Yeah, yeah,
0: because... Uh, it was quite hot, wasn't it? So we thought, mm-hmm. let's take them down because William loves swimming, doesn't he? He likes going. He in He loves swimming. And stuff. He's a good boy. Finley Pippin hates it, but Finley's a bit more cautious, so he'll go in, but yeah you have to like get him in there first and then he'll come back out and then he'll go back in of his own accord sort of thing. But I think we found the muddiest bit of river to put mm-hmm. them in and the state of Finley afterwards.
1: Well, he had a lovely roll. Once he was soaking yeah. wet, he then rolled in a load of dry mud. Yeah. and just got caked in it, which was brilliant for me because I didn't have to clean him.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. And he's got this really thick fur as well, so yeah. he still stinks of pond despite cleaning <laughs> him numerous times since then. So, um, But other than that, they got on really well, didn't they? They Yeah, yeah. they had a
1: lovely play, lots of chasing, uh, Finley barrelling into his... He's a big old chunk now, and he yeah. was like barrelling into them from a distance with his momentum.
0: Yeah, what he lacks in speed, he makes up for in just body mass, basically.
1: I was thinking, if you know the uh, big kid in Hook who like rolls yes. himself into a ball and rolls into the pirates, <laughs> it was kind of like that.
0: Yeah, definitely, that would be Finn. <laughs>
1: they couldn't remake if they remade that film, they couldn't do that bit now, could they?
0: No, no, I don't think so. But Finley's such a little like mummy's boy because like Pippin and William were going off running in front exploring and then Finley was just sticking with us like, I'm not going too far. Look at what a good boy I am. Mum, they're running off. They're running off. (laughs) He'd be a a snitch. He'd totally be a snitch if he was on the school playground.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, let's talk about this week's bullshit which is more about dogs. Carry on.
0: Of course. Got a hashtag dog cast. Um, So I went for a little run with Pippin Now, originally I said I was going to wait because you should wait till they're about a year old in order to run with them. But my running pace is super slow. Um, Of course, it's all relative, whatever. But I run fairly slowly. So, basically, I went for a run and she just walked alongside me. You know that infuriating way that dogs can just, like, casually walk?
1: Just that (laughs) tiny little bit of a trot, but really easy.
0: Yeah, there was no running involved for Pippin, but... I was amazed because Pippin is a pain in the ass on the lead when we take her out for walks. Hmm. So constantly pulling, all over the place. I took her out for a run, she was amazing. She just trotted alongside me. The lead was slack the entire time and she was hardly sniffing at anything. She was just like trotting along. She was really, really good. She she's better at Quote unquote running with me, i.e., me mm. running, than as walking. I think the issue is that our walking pace is a little slow for her walking pace, mm. whereas my running pace is, seems perfect. So I'm thinking like, as long as she's just walking normally rather than running, I could probably keep running with her even at this age because she is just walking as she would on a walk off the lead. So
1: yeah, as long as it's nice and short and obviously not that fast. But I guess beagles in particular are pack animals, aren't they? So they yeah. want to run. They want to run and they want to run with other dogs and people. So it kind of just makes sense. It gives them a focus.
0: Yeah, exactly. And she was. It was really bizarre because the, she did run a few times, like did a bit of a sprint and was pulling me along a bit. But they were always when we were going up a hill. And I was like, that's really good. She already knows that I need help going up hills. <laughs> she was already pulling me up the hill. So um, I think I think there's definite potential. Segway in for Canny Cross there.
1: Oh, yes. I went out this morning uh, for my first Canny Cross run. We bought the harness. We got the whole gear like straight away. We were just looking at, all right, let's get a proper harness. Let's go all in on this. And I went out for a run this morning. It was brilliant. I mean, it took a little. I pretty much learnt the commands I was supposed to give about ten minutes before I left, um, but I was just like running around Cardiff, shouting "on, on" at the dog just to kind of keep his attention. And when he tried to sniff something or when he got distracted, he shout that just to keep him moving and trying to teach him left and right. Uh, you know, two poos and four whees, but you know that's always going to happen uh, for him, not me. You always have to add that in. Um, but it was great fun. Yeah, I ran relatively quick relatively easily and it was just it was just really good fun it, again he really likes moving he just likes being out on a walk or a run it gives him a good focus as we said so it was fantastic i cannot wait to enter races i've already looked up the racing season and there's about three within an hour of here and i'm definitely going to go we'll and looking it. at the times you know what some of that sometimes the winners do 5k in like 13 minutes sometimes the winners do it in 24 minutes and i'm thinking Fuck it, i could win some of this shit mm. oh yeah I'm, I'm well up for this
0: was it an organised group you went out with or did you just go out on your own with all the no,
1: kids? No, just on my own.
0: Okay, so, so is it the commands? Are they commands that they recommend you use then, like people who do grass. Yeah,
1: that's why I just had a quick look up before I left. I need to look more into it. Hmm. But yeah, you just need something just to keep them moving to stop them being distracted. And then left and right is handy because you need them to make sure they run the right direction. Uh, but he adjusts really quickly, he responds really quick to all those kind of things. So, yeah, I cannot wait to do proper Canacross. If you just look up videos of Canacross on YouTube, it's hilarious.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I I think Pip would be good at that as well because she already mm-hmm. pulls. But that's again, that's something that definitely needs to wait until she's probably about a year old because they, you know that would yeah, actually least. involve running.
1: <laughs> we also did another one of our long coast walks. That was from Bury Port, uh, which was the start and finish of my second ultra to Gowerton along the coast of Carmarthenshire. It would have been nice. It well, it kind of was nice. It's about 14 miles, but. That stretch has basically got no shade the whole way. And we were in the direct sun. Man, it was really hot. Uh, William got to swim about five or six times. So he was nice and cool. And the best we got, we stopped at a caravan park and bought some chocolate raisins and a bottle of Fanta. So that's proper athlete food right there.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. You know when it's like a really yeah, hot day and it's like... Oh, but it's like- a sweet fizzy drink, just hits yeah, really shit the spot. drink
1: and, and, a, and a shit snack. Yeah, love yeah. that kind of thing. Although it does and he rem- had a good it, swim,
0: it does remind me now of when that time we had a like a club, like a unofficial club Sunday run. Um, did you go to that one, that Porth call cool one, West Bay? Yes. Yeah, and I was going on the way back. I became really unwell, like really, really <laughs> unwell, like feeling like how. It, stuff was going to come out of both ends and I had this like massive drop in what I assume was like blood sugar or blood pressure Mm. I remember getting back to the cafe I've probably told this story before like a lot of my stories but I remember getting back back to the cafe where everyone was meeting afterwards about an hour Mm. behind everyone else um and I was just stood like queuing for a drink thinking I need like a Fanta or something and there was a mirror behind the bar like the bar area Mm. I could just see my face and I was white as a sheet (laughs) and I was like Fanta please and I was like gingerly sipping on this Fanta trying to yeah regain some oh. some sort of composure but yeah.
1: I don't remember that most of what I remember about that is that you suggested we go and do this route um, <laughs> from Porthcawl out and back but I think when you did it earlier in the year it's fine but when we did it it was really dry and hot and mm-hmm. so it was just all sand yeah the whole path had just turned to sand and everyone was cursing your name the entire time.
0: It's a good workout.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we really hated you. Well, I
0: I got the karma because I I felt awful. And then it started chucking it down with rain just before I got back. And I got caught in the rain. I thought, this can't get any worse. So
1: actually my other favorite thing about that run is that was um sbc she was like running with a bit of a group and she just kind of went off on her own just to like run over the dunes and things because she just kind of just wanted to do something a bit different and as she kind of peeled off someone said oh where's she going i said oh she's just gonna have a poo and by the end of the run people were like you're right holly they were like checking up with her because everyone had heard she'd gone for a poo and everyone had just accepted it and so the more she argued and the more she said she hadn't gone for a poo the more everyone believed it
0: <laughs> they should have been checking up on me I was more than needed a poo. <laughs>
1: didn't, didn't even know about that, to be honest.
0: <laughs> no no one knew. No one knew where no. I was. I could have been dead out there in the sand dunes, but there we go.
1: Hollywood have found you. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and Also, really quickly, just this week, I ran my first club session in about six months. So it was only six people, but we did like a 200-meter session. Everyone hated me for it. It was back to normal, really. It was very, very nice. To, good to be back.
0: I keep meaning to do those, but then I, it's, because <laughs> it's because they're like those sort of workouts. As soon as there's a proper like 5K club session, I'll be back. But every time I look at like the proper workouts, I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> no,
1: that's not really your style, is it?
0: No, no. Running, workouts, anything physical exercise, not my style.
1: Okay, we'll move on. And I think there's probably less dog talk coming up. Um, so catch up from the last episode. At Shiny Little is... Just replied to us on Twitter, I feel I've caused some offence here. Of course, this is about her phone wristband holder, which we were just alarmed about, frankly, anyone would think it was a great idea to carry your phone on your wrist. I mean, do what you want to do, but it's weird. Uh, She said, I didn't think it was that weird. I thought I was sharing this genius thing I found. Now I'm worried people are going to stare at me as if I was wearing a hat like Benny from Crossroads.
0: (laughs) The famous, famous insult.
1: (laughs) That's what everyone says, Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) oh shawnee we're sorry but we're not
1: it's no it's it's weird at right underscore pete also replied i also stand by the wristband phone holder purely because the shitty upper arm ones lose their stick so soon and then slide down my skinny arms they're not supposed to stick to your arms are they they usually have velcro don't
0: they (laughs) yeah lose their stick do they mean does he mean like that's what he means. Like the, the velcro comes a bit under. I guess, but just style. wear a
1: waistband.
0: Yeah, just wear a waistband. All this on your arms, on your wrist, is nah. Wear a waistband.
1: <laughs> we asked on Twitter and there was lots of support for flip belts. Uh, they seem to be kind of the default go-to whenever you ask about um, waistbands. Though Amy still likes a spy belt and mine, by the way, is a Crossface slim running belt, which is pretty cheap.
0: I, I do still want to have a look at the flip belts because I think the thing is about the spy belt is there's only so much space in it. Whereas the flip belt, it goes like all the way around. There's different yeah. pockets, I think. So yeah. Are, they think, are a bit more expensive. Yeah. But the, to be honest, I don't know about flip belt, but my spy belt, I can get a good like four years out of it. Like using it mm. all the time before the elastic starts to really go. So yeah.
1: And the most important thing is it's better than a wrist holder.
0: Oh God, yeah. Or even worse, Holding your phone in your hand while you're running.
1: Oh, with the um with the headphones in your ear as well. Yeah. Just yeah. like with cable flapping around. Yeah, that's bad.
0: Yeah, noob, Noobler. noob alert Although I do do that sometimes at the end <laughs> yes. of a run if I want like a certain song on, or sometimes towards the end of the run I just get my phone out and like check my text messages because I can't like, oh, at the end now anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you that busy?
0: Yeah. So I realise that I look like a bit of a noob at but I don't care. <laughs> So this week, we also have a giveaway. Woo! woo um, Just to be totally, like, upfront, there is a conflict of interest, I guess. <laughs> so I'd like to declare that. The person who has donated this item for giveaway is my mother. So...
1: I mean, that's just standard nepotism. We're fine with that. Yeah,
0: that's fine. The way I just phrased that sounds like she's donating a scarf or something. It's not that... Um, my mum has a business called moments of mindfulness and it's an online resource and shop for skincare products meditation resources and well-being blogs um, so my mum Nikki who describes herself as Amy's long-suffering mum think pigeon rescues and lost up a mountain thanks mum she's a complimentary therapist who runs moments of mindfulness and picks all the products herself so i've had a few of her products actually that she's of course i get these for my birthday for christmas you know. <laughs> yeah that makes it easier <laughs> yeah exactly but she, she has some really great products that she gets like various like skin creams and stuff for the bath and things like that um so if you want to find out more details about that they will be on our website so runningisbs.com forward slash giveaway and we're not asking you to do any too complex just put in your details and we'll draw a number generate a number out of a hat whatever um and you can find out if you win and there's information on there about all the products that are in this runner's box that she's offering so it's a she does these subscription boxes um so this is a special runners themed one
1: yeah uh, the photo here we've got some Epsom salt some bath soak some foot balm and of course some bird and blend tea and a little like brush thing to really get all that skanky skin off your feet I mean, moments of mindfulness what could be better than this podcast for mindfulness
0: <laughs> exactly when you're trying to meditate and relax yeah <laughs> perfect we're talking about literal shit
1: <laughs> so you just need to go to runningisbs.com forward slash giveaway enter your name and your email address onto the form it'll be a random draw we'll do that during the recording of the next podcast so if people li- listening uh a little way in advance the closing date for this will be midnight on friday the 4th of september 2020 one entry per person please and we can only accept uk entries because we don't want to pay postage costs because we're tight sorry about that <laughs> now the big news from about two weeks ago now is that there is a new record for the fastest known time around the wales coast path and so we made Rhys jenkins install zoom on his phone to have a chat I'm talking to Rhys Jenkins, the new record holder for the fastest known time around the Wales coast path. So first of all, Rhys, huge congratulations from us and everyone listening. The official time for the 870 miles was 20 days, 10 hours and 36 minutes. Uh, A week and a bit on, how are you feeling on a scale of one to bloody knackered?
2: (laughs) Really fatigued. It's weird. Um, My whole body... My my legs and my muscles are sort of, they're okay. Um, but the rest of me, in terms of like fatigue, you know, when you're really just tired and mm-hmm. you can feel your body, it just uh, my sleep patterns are all over the place. Um, it's almost like uh, my body tries to fall asleep at any second when I'm sat down for too long. It's um, uh, Mentally, it's, uh, it's sort of starting to hit home what I did. Mm-hmm. Initially, it didn't really set, sit with me, if that makes sense. It's, mm-hmm. it's taken a while to sort of... Um, look back and understand how far I actually went
1: yeah it's a a good distance but what a fantastic uh, course to do what you know a great challenge to have set yourself it's fair to say you left it pretty late uh, on the challenge (laughs) to get that record you dropped I think you dropped down to about 24 hours behind pace I think at about halfway Uh, but you put in like a massive two days to sneak in under the record by two hours so I just want to know, how much of a plan was there or were you just kind of getting through each day?
2: No, um, so originally the plan was to do 19 and a half days. Um, That was always giving me a buffer of a day, if that makes sense. So we always had that buffer of when things go wrong, which they always do on these things, and when the weather's crappy or if your ankle's hurting or stuff like that, which it did. Um, You have that 24 hours of um, basically... uh, or playing catch-up or whatnot to get into the record um as for like the final well like you said we did get behind record pace at one point and it came to a point um just outside of the mumbles where the crew sort of just sat, sat me down and uh, it happens a lot with my crew and they were telling me like you need to pull your finger out basically because the record's getting away from you and uh, that original plan you've written it needs to get ripped up and thrown out and we need to start again. You need to go all through the night and I'm sitting there and I'm obviously not in the right mental state. I'm obviously tired. And then I, and I, we just closed the van door. So it was just me and Keras in the van. And I just sort of said, look, just be honest to me. Cause at the moment I still know if I stick to my plan, I can get there. Um, I know I can pull out what I need to on the final couple of days. And um, if we go now non-stop to the end there's a chance of me burning out and I won't be able to get back up and go again and she was just like understanding of it and she said just leave it with me and she went off and spoke to my coach and my coach was just like 100% just stick to your plan and don't deviate from it Uh, the plan was all along to just get to the last two days within touching distance of the record and I knew that if I needed to do it, which I did have to do in the end, I'd have to pull out some long, very long days just to get underneath the record time. And we didn't want to leave it to minutes, but we realized that it, it was going to come down to hours rather than days um, around the Munball area. And, uh, well, yeah, like I said, you just mentioned it as well the, the last three or four days, it was heavy mileage. It was just, I put a lot of emphasis on getting to Penarth and <laughs> Vale of Glamorgan because. I know that route very well. I should yeah. know it very well. I organized a race along it. Um and I just knew if I could get in the Vaughan, through the Vaughan and get back to Panaf that I'd have that emotional boost, that high that runners hive route running through my hometown. Uh as it came about, I actually got there about twelve o'clock at night, so there wasn't many people around. No, no. But it was just a case of I got to Panaf and then I knew I was I well, had when I got to Panaf, it was midnight, and I had till 9 p.m. the next day to go 50 miles, and we just figured out, right, okay, let's give you a massive uh, fuck up time, basically. So I got to bed. or oh, I didn't get to bed. My crew refused to let me go to bed in a nice place. They said you can sit in the back of the van and have a kip for like four Ooh. hours, and then you you gotta get going again. And I'm like. <laughs> I was just like, I need sleep, I need sleep, I need to rest. And we put the bed up in the back of the van. And because we were in a VW, we drove it to a friend's front garden, you know, like on their driveway. And she came out about quarter past 12 at night. And she was, uh, she was like, oh, I've got a spare bed for you. And I, I was like, yes, yes, yes. And Karis was like, no, 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 you're not getting in that bed because you'll never get out on time. Yeah. So we roughed it and slept in the back of the van. I had the worst night's sleep ever. I was cursing my coach, I was literally everybody 's name was mud I was like i haven 't slept. my legs were in agony. This has all gone wrong on the, the last twenty four hours we 're never going to get the record and then I must have got some sleep, but it wasn 't all the way through and We woke up about four o 'clock to the alarms ringing. My coach ringing the phone then he rings my, then he rings phone, and it 's like he 's handing us to get up and then I was just like I was a zombie I was literally i was just like did not want to move i couldn 't move. And Keris got in the front seat and drove to the start with me in the back, still sleeping, um, laying down, completely butt naked. Because <laughs> it was a warm night. And we got there and she's like, you need to get up, you need to get up. And like, I'd wasted about half an hour by now. And she's like, you're getting up now or I'm letting the documentary team in with the cameras and they were outside ready to come in. And I was like, ah. Oh. So I like, put my pants on and then she like, opened the door as soon as I got my pants on and they came in with the cameras. Excellent. And, <laughs> yeah it was uh, the last day though it was uh, I, I don't know it, it no I didn't I, I knew that I was in touching distance and I just sort of went after it and I just upped to pace or I just yeah I tried to enjoy it as much as I can and, yeah it worked um, out
1: over those last two days as you said it was uh it's relatively easy terrain compared to some of what you've been through and the most familiar which obviously really helped you get through as well but that last 24 hours that last run uh to from Panath to Chepstow Um, what got you through that um do you know what
2: towards the end like last three or four days I hadn't put music in and I'd been speaking to people and and sort of enjoying it and you know just you know getting distracted by conversation which is fantastic Mm. um but the last day because I was in such a bad state in the morning starting off I was just like to care I have to put my music in because I knew it would give me that bit of um, a kick up the arse it would get me going again and I left my music in then for the whole day um I, I, for me it was I knew it was quite rude to some people who may have been running with me but I did apologize to the people that they were coming out um and I just got into my zone I got into my um my groove and I think we started about 20 past five and before 8:39 39 am I think I was about 18 miles down the road, which mentally was just like, right, okay, you've only got like 30 miles to go. Um, you've got, what, 12 hours to get 30 miles. Um, there's a chance you can get the record here. And then it just carried on going. Like, people kept popping out and they'd be running from, with me. And it was almost like, because I had my music and they they were running with me, but they were running for me. Mm. Like they were just guiding me, they were opening gates, they were literally doing anything to save me time. It was just filling up my drinks, carry By that point, my ankle was absolutely ruined and um, it still is now. But they were like carrying my water, they were taking any weight they could possibly off me. So I just had the tracker and my mobile phone on me and my sticks, trying to take away any... Um, you know slips trips or falls because the sticks were fantastic for me hmm. and it's still up until about three miles out four miles out i think that's when it hit home that i knew i, I had the record yeah. and i had the record there to sort of it was mine because i think i still had like two hours three hours left
1: um and you get a nice little before. run through an industrial state there as well oh mate it was just
2: like, <laughs> i was going through a field and it was really rusty and you know lots of holes And I'm going like, right, okay, get through this field. And chances are, you're not going to twist your ankle. You've got three hours here. If you twist your ankle, you can still crawl that distance in three hours. And I literally just sat down on the grass. I was like, right, that's when it hit home that I had the record. And then um, people started coming out and running with me. And then we just carried on running to the end. It was um, a really special moment in my life.
1: Yeah, it was a beautiful video. I saw loads of videos of the finish. It was absolutely fantastic to watch. Over that 21 days of running, your Strava recorded, I went through and did a quick uh, top-up, 75,000 feet of elevation, which I looked, that is more than Amy and I have run together so far this year.
2: You gave me one of the biggest chuckles of the whole trip, when you said, congratulations on reaching your weekly target. Yeah, your I first run.
1: To- yeah. Your first run. <laughs> so said, well it- done, Reese, you've completed your 30 kilometer weekly goal, which you'd run 70k that day.
2: Because I've been tapering, I um, I left it on 30k because I saw your comment and it made me laugh. I was like, people are going to see this every week now, and um, I just left it there. And I, generally, your comment got me chuckling out loud. And Karis is like, that's fantastic. Every small
1: that. goal <laughs> that you get it always works. Um, what were some of the hardest days in terms of climbing? Because yeah, that's a huge amount of elevation for three weeks.
2: It was, mate. It was the equivalent of like going up and down Mount Everest 4.5 times. It, it was very bumpy. Um, it's difficult as well because it's difficult to predict, um, <clears throat> especially when you get behind schedule because you have the days mapped out with that certain elevation. But then if you finish a couple of miles earlier, a couple of miles later, you, that could be a massive climb, which you haven't like, expected. And uh, the actual, the bumpiest day um, came about when basically I had a couple of people looking at it and they were like, Oh, don't worry. You've got a nice day ahead of you now. It's flat. It's it's, it's what you've been through. It's nothing. Uh, It turned out to be a day where it was about 2000 meters worth of climbing, uh, which is two times up and down Snowden or something like that. Yeah. Uh, The weather and the heavens opened. It was this literally polar opposite to what they promised me. But, it was one of my strongest days. It was weird. I think I put down like 45 miles that day mm. and I didn't, it felt really good to get it done. And I didn't realise the elevation until I'd finished.
1: Yeah, I knew some of the stretches that you did. I know how bad they are and I've done in little stretches. So doing over a whole day is just horrendous. And we'll be back with Reese a little bit later on in this podcast. Now, speaking of elevation, I heard about the Dragon's Back race recently on Twitter, and while it's ridiculously beyond my ability and wallet, it cost about eleven hundred pounds. I what? got really interested in. It. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a huge thing. Um, I got really interested in it. Uh, It's a five-day race down the spine of Wales and it's billed as the toughest race on earth because next year they're adding a sixth day and it's going to come all the way down to Cardiff, basically past my house, which is amazing. Um, There are some fantastic documentaries about it on YouTube and I can recommend them to everyone. So I think if you go to the Dragon's Back Race uh, YouTube page, there is a film there from 2012, like the first one they reintroduced after 20 years. Uh, there is conquering the dragon which is the film of the 2017 race and there is behind the dragon which is uh, the film of the 2019 race and that's all about the volunteers and the work that goes into organizing this absolutely massive race and they are just fantastic there's really good personalities on there there's also vasos but there's some great runners some great ultra runners who just give ultra runners are wonderfully matter of fact is what i really really like and there's a few I think on the 2012 one, there's a guy there that I recognise from the Barclay Marathons one, Wouter uh, from Belgium mm. or the Netherlands, who's a lovely yeah. guy. And it's just really fun. There's some great kind of uh, uh, older um, runners on there as well who are just fantastic. And as I said, they're just really matter of fact and just like, they just love what they do. And it's just, they are brilliant watchers.
0: It's interesting as well that they say they're the toughest race on earth, you know, because mm. there are things like the Barclay Marathons and Marathon de Sable that sort of, build themselves as the toughest race on earth it'd be yeah. interesting to hear from people who have ran those races and how they compare and in what yeah, ways they're, definitely. they're tougher than the other i don't know so but yeah i remember seeing a um a documentary about it on youtube from like ages ago it looked like it'd been yeah. recorded on a vhs um and it just looked insane
1: yeah there's one from 1992 as well which i haven't watched yet but i will get around to uh, and while we're talking about running documentaries, another one I've just been recommended on Twitter as well is Skid Row Marathon. That's on Amazon Prime. Um, I had a bit of a hint of what it would be about from the title. If you don't know, Skid Row is in LA. And I think it's a th- kind of a thing in other cities as well where basically all the homeless people go and live. And I think in LA, there are 57,000 people on the streets or in shelters. And But so this was really not what I was expecting. It's an incredible story of a judge. I think he's actually the deputy district attorney in LA and he starts a running club with homeless people and former felons and the type of people that he has put away for life previously and it's really the way it starts is amazing because I didn't know whether it was a documentary or a movie because the way it's shot at the beginning looks like a movie it's so well made it looks really good this guy kind of looks a bit like a movie star so it's obviously it's about those individual stories uh, and the way they'd found running and the way it helped them. You know, it really is truly inspira- um I mean, good, not inspirational. No, let's not say that word. No. It is definitely worth a watch just for this, a judge running with murderers and alcoholics to try and help them and taking them abroad to run marathons. It's, yeah, it's an incredible thing. I didn't know what to expect, but it is definitely amazing.
0: I need to check that out for sure. I've heard about it, so I've heard it's really good. Definitely need to check that out. And I think we're going to be reviewing running films next. Podcast.
1: Yep, we'll be going back to that. We're revisiting some running films. So I've got one lined up, Amy. Hopefully, got one lined up as well.
0: uh Yes, you did scare me because when I was checking the show notes like <laughs> a couple of hours before, like rather than ten minutes before, um, I did see you writing about running films. I'm like shit, was I supposed to do that now? And I frantically <laughs> went to Netflix and typed in <laughs> running um but i think i'm gonna go for something really obscure this time i'm gonna like type in running to amazon prime and netflix and see what the most obscure i'm gonna find something quite obscure if anyone has any suggestions for obscure i I suppose that's difficult if it is obscure but if anyone's found any like weird running films on amazon or um or netflix whatever let me know
1: (laughs) excellent it's now shout out time to our patreon five dollar donors but amy first what kind of music do you want underneath this um, what kind of feeling do you want to go for?
0: I think Gregorian chance. Uh,
1: we can give something like that. A bit churchy, maybe.
0: Yeah, Baroque, something, I don't know, something like that.
1: Okay, hopefully I found that after we've recorded and I'll start it now. <laughs> We're going with the uh, animal theme again. We'll try something else next time. Thank you to Paul Hibbert, the pleasant heron. Matt Least the moist lemming. Victoria Dick, the vivid dingo. Rob Smith, the rectangular sponge. Elliot Lyon, the exhausted lemur. Nikki Genders, the nocturnal goose. Hugh Phillips, the hungry puma. And Simon Ross, the sociable rattlesnake.
0: Amanda Murray Hind, the anxious mole horse. Brian Simpson, the bronze sloth. Maria Wicks, the minty wombat. Jay, the jealous jackal. Clark Gilmore, the colorless gerbil. Matt Garner, the massive grasshopper. Lisa Gibbon, the lopsided gecko. Kirk Shepherd, the kaleidoscopic sea slug. Julia Page Jumbo
1: Pufferfish Kaleidoscopic Sea Slug Great band Love their early stuff They went a bit strange After that (laughs) Moving on to our messages We've got an email Dear Stuart and Amy Thanks for the podcast I never used to jog on the spot at traffic lights. That changed when I discovered that Haile Gabra Selassie was seen jogging on the spot at traffic lights in New York City. I now sometimes do jog on the spot when waiting for traffic lights, which is the only thing I have in common with the 204 marathon running legend. Thanks, Brian Greaves. I think the fact you're running is more in common with him than jogging on the spot at traffic lights.
0: That might be the secret, though.
1: But, oh, yeah, perhaps that is.
0: Because he's getting way more mileage in than 10, you know. It may not be in distance, but in terms of like how far his feet are travelling or whatever. You know that boob thing, your your boobs, how far they travel. (laughs) Yeah, how far do your feet travel? How far do your feet travel when you're jogging at traffic lights?
1: It's the secret of East African running. We've cracked it at last. Thanks, Brian.
0: We've had another email, so it reads, I wish to inform Amy Stewart that your podcast was the first thing that came to mind as my attention was forced into the bushes along the side of the road. I had mo- mocked the ineptitude of runners who for some reason couldn't think to void their bowels prior to a mere hour of running, as was the case with myself this morning. Yet there I was, squatting and rehearsing my very first email to the Running Is Bullshit podcast. Yes. <laughs> now the deed has been done i feel that i've earned my way into some sort of elite club perhaps <laughs> perhaps the brown club oh come on we can be more inventive than that the brown club has anyone thought of this love your podcast keep up the bullshit dan in wisconsin
1: amy how does it feel to know there was a man in wisconsin curling one out in a bush thinking of you
0: it's a small world, isn't it? <laughs> After all, <yeah. laughs> this, this connected society we live in,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, and I love how elaborate he's gone into just for like he had a shit in a bush and he's.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he goes, he goes very elaborately into it, but then comes up with the Brown Club. I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe the sh- maybe the poo wasn't very like didn't take him a long time, so he didn't have enough time to think through the name. Perhaps, yeah. So, uh, but we yeah, we can do better than that.
1: <laughs> he got to the end and he just like saw him something, so he had to k- finish quickly yeah (laughs) Um, so yeah okay any ideas for the name of the club I think just wild poo club I think is fine still haven't done a wild poo still looking forward to that
0: WPC yeah no I haven't haven't done the wild poo yet
1: do you know what I was thinking about this the other day as I do Uh, now I've been walking the dog a lot picking up a lot of dog poo I thought if I did go and poo somewhere and I had like poo bags on me, or if I was somewhere where you where you have to pick up your your own poo, like I know in some like trails in America, you're not allowed to leave your own shit there. Um, how best to pick it up in the poo bag? Because I'm like, either, yeah. do you pick it up like you would a dog poo when that could be quite large and quite warm and nasty? Do you like try and catch it in the bag? Could you well, have like one handle in front, one handle behind and try and drop it in? That seems risky.
0: Well, if, uh, when we went to stay in Iceland... They have like packs you can get because if you end up going out oh, yeah. quite far away from civilization and there aren't any toilets, which there are a lot of like the tourist spots with the waterfalls, there aren't mm. toilets or really like nasty chemical like ones. Um, but there's this like little pack you can get where you can like dig a little hole and then you put a bag in it and then you poop oh, okay. in it and then you tie up the bag and it's got everything you need in it, like your tissues, your hand sanitizer, whatever. Oh. So Maybe so you kind of spread the, the
1: bag on the floor and poo in yeah. the middle of that and Pooh then wrap, the okay that's yeah, probably you best kind of,
0: if you can you like dig like a little hole to make it a bit you know in yeah. one place but
1: yeah Because i was just wondering like with a like a dog poo bag because they're quite small i was just wondering the logistics of how you would do that i'm like could you even like have the bag over your hand and almost catch it but that doesn't seem like a good idea No. Because I, I know there's a bag there but it just feels wrong
0: basically shitting into your hand yeah I don't know whether you can hear Pippin's having a dream. If there's like a weird high-pitched sound in the background, it's Pippin dreaming.
1: Oh, little sleep woofs. That's adorable.
0: (laughs) She's probably barking at us. She spends most of her life barking at us. So she's just uh, barking (laughs) at us in her sleep as well.
1: Uh, Another thing we've had sent in recently uh, by a few people is the ghost pacer on Kickstarter. Now, this is an augmented reality headset, which shows you a virtual pacer that you preset with a GPS route and specified time. Then this kind of creepy, bulky avatar runs away from you for you to chase. Now, back when we talked about tech on a previous episode, this was the thing that I wanted most, basically. And it's finally a thing. Uh, Well, it will be next year. The Kickstarter says they'll be delivering July 2021 for $229, which is about £174. So I don't think I want it that much just at the moment. Um, But it looks very, very interesting. One of the best things about the Kickstarter video is obviously it has, you know, that classic Kickstarter video being very dramatic and very American. And it says, you can shatter yesterday's PB. I'm like, all right, mate, calm down. Yesterday's PB. I'll leave yesterday's PB and have a nice, easy run today. Thank you. That's not how running works, all right?
0: No, you must keep shattering PBs until you reach... Every day? Yeah, until you reach, like, PB singularity or something, you know? I mean, if
1: you're shattering yesterday's PB, you weren't trying yesterday.
0: No. (laughs) That's
1: not how that works. Um, There's also, like, a different mode on it where it can give you live running stats, so, like, kind of your watch stats, but in a heads-up display that you can just, like, glance over and look at, which is great. And again, as with all of these things, it's great if it works. The whole thing about the headset is great if it works. Um, there is a super stretch option if they hit five hundred thousand dollars, which they probably won't. It's the ability to race another user in real time in different locations, That's which is cool. also amazing yeah. if it works. Yeah. Which, as the first product to market doing this, mm, potentially maybe not. But I will love it if it works. I don't think I I'll had, be able to afford one, but I'll love it.
0: I had a look at the video, and it is bloody terrifying. That thing is straight <laughs> the out the Avatar, yeah. Valley. It is a Black Mirror episode waiting to happen,
1: you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is a little bit. Yeah. What about when the avatar turns around and looks at you? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Or you overtake (laughs) it and then it never stops chasing you. And every run you have to smash your PB or else it will get you.
1: (laughs) You get a knife, a a digital knife in the back.
0: Yeah. It it is terrifying. I don't like. I watched. um, I think it was the first video on the website that that first shows it Mm. running off, and I didn't like the way it ran. It creeped me out.
1: Yeah. It is odd, isn't it?
0: Yeah. There's a few videos where I can see them running more naturally. I think it was the one where um, it's like from behind the guy's back, the actual runner's yeah. back, and you see it take off in front of him. And just the way it ran, it just creeped me out. But the side profile ones, it looks fairly normal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's something. If you've got $229 knocking around, then uh, why not give them support?
0: Yeah, and and see what someone happens.
1: send one to us. Yeah.
0: Support the robot uprising, you know? Absolutely. Emma Reese has also been in contact and said, I am new to running and have only been listening since May. In brackets, I have a friend that knows Amy and they turned me on to the podcast. It's good. I like it a lot. Close brackets.
1: Oh,
0: who, who, who is this? <laughs> I like the way they
1: said they know you. They didn't say they were friends with you.
0: No, no. I mean, it's a friend that knows Amy. That's I'm not sure who that is um i have i know many people <laughs> um i realize it's probably the fact that i left my baby and buggy at home or the fact that it's about 10 degrees cooler today or that i'm just getting fitter but i'm choosing to credit my best feeling run so far with the wearing of a hat yes emma
1: that was it was it all the hat?
0: yeah yeah it's all the hat that's a life-changing not a woolly hat though there's a guy that runs around here you know who it is <laughs> jorts man he wears oh, a woolly not- hat
1: it's not benny from crossroads
0: no it is a hat like Benny from Crossroads. everyone looks at him like he's Benny from Crossroads and he's running around in t-shirts and shorts and a woolly hat and it's like 30 degrees outside but a, a, a cap right. in this weather definitely Emma and yeah I, I want to know who this is who knows me it's very ominous I have a friend who knows Amy and has seen her hat <laughs>
1: So Emma's only been running like three months then and I'm really jealous of those new runners because once they get those first few months out of the way where it's really bad, obviously they then learn, learn it how it's bad in a different way. But they've got that wonderful, once she gets into races next year and the year after, like every race she does, if she's fit enough, she'll PB at everything. Because I was talking to someone at this uh, session I did on Wednesday uh, who was fairly new to running, came along to her first ever club session doing 200 metre sprints, which I think was amazing of her. But again, I was saying like you've got eighteen months, two years of PBing every race, and I love that feeling. It was such a good thing.
0: Every every first race is your PB race. Yeah,
1: but even when you do your second and third, like ten ks or half marathons or something, generally you kind of get better as well. Yeah. And it's when you start to plateau a few years in that's when it starts getting hard.
0: All downhill from there. It's all disappointment and tears from there.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of lot of bullshit. <laughs> Speaking of bullshit, we're heading back to Reese Jenkins to hear about his feat and his future plans. So you said earlier, your ankle's still a bit ruined. Uh, how is like the rest of you, how, how are your feet? How do your feet hold up in um, that Welsh weather? Do, do you know what? They were fantastic.
2: So the first blisters I got were actually on my hands and that was because I had poles yeah. um, and the poles were rubbing on my hands. So the first blisters I got were on my hands. Um, but when the blisters did come, um, I only had about three or four and I put that down to real good foot care. Mm-hmm. So a lady called Vic Owens, um, turned up about day four or five and she's a barefoot runner and um, she's called the happy runner and then um, she really obviously takes care of her feet and she gave me a little uh, a lesson on how to put care and she gave us a load of tattoo needles as you do and we use the tattoo needles to pop the blisters like they're, they're big things like that and i hate needles so i was just like oh my god i've got to put these in my blisters every night because they'd fill up and stuff but the, um, we had a, a pro- we had our processes for when I'd finished. So I'd finish, I'd have a bath. In the bath, I would um, pop my blisters. That's if we had a bath. If we didn't have a bath, it would be a wet wipe shower, which I'm sure we all had. And, and after that, I'd put my feet in a bucket of Dethyl and water. So I'd be yeah, <laughs> disinfecting my feet with that. And you know what? It burns for like about 10 seconds, and then it's actually fine. It's fine. And it toughens up the feet quite a bit. Um, and then Keris would put magnesium, oils into my feet and massage the feet like around the toes and like the top of the feet and underneath the feet just oh. to get rid of any wastage and then after that we'd cover the feet in like uh antiseptic cream or cream or whatever we had available yeah. and leave it on there for the night and my feet were fantastic throughout i, I got a couple of black toenails but nothing that you really moan about really
1: Wow, I'm really impressed. I know we've had a few people just pull their headphones out and have a little breath to themselves, thinking about your toes, um, but no, that's that's really impressive.
2: So I'd be breaking like I think three or four times a day, mm-hmm. and by the end it was only two times a day. But every time I stopped, I'd switch socks, so mm-hmm. the socks would come off and put new socks on. So I think that also, with a bit of Vaseline on your feet, um, really
1: helped. Right. So good tips there for anyone else that wants to run for three weeks straight. Um, so i'm not sure if it's a bit early for this now and obviously it's difficult to know at the moment but what is the next challenge is there anything in mind or is it too early to think about such nonsense
2: no 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 um obviously i've got bad water again next year that's mm. taking place um, obviously covid dependent and stuff so that would be my race next year but i think one thing this challenge has taught me is to create more of my own challenges and not just do races Mm. um it's something which I started off doing when I began this journey and it's something which I really enjoy like you get to play by your own rules you can break when you want you can as long as you obviously the FKT was fantastic but I got to see Wales like not like many other people have seen it it's just um I've seen every inch of the Wales coastal path like, I've seen the people I've seen the locations I've seen um the wildlife so I like, saw a couple of snakes uh, dolphins Poor I saw too many chariots for my liking. Um, But to answer your question, I think the next challenge again will connect me back to Wales even more. Um, I'm not 100% convinced on what I'm doing, but I do have an idea of what I want to achieve from it. So seeing more of the land is probably doing something which nobody else has done. And yeah, I guess pushing the boundaries that little bit further um, I've re- this, this trip has really made me fall in love with Wales all over again because it's just like, like you said, you've done some of the path yourself and I you think you were warning me about certain areas as well <laughs> and for as brutal it is, it's just as beautiful as well it's oh, just yeah. unbelievable
1: yeah, uh, did it ever get to the point of, because I, I found this even on like a I think a three-hour one in Pembrokeshire where you get to the top of like a cliff and you see a view again and you just go, god, another great view and you get a little bit bored of it, because oh, it's, it's amazing again. Oh, the sea lapping on the cliffs again.
2: One hundred percent. Because I had different people come out and run with me, and it was new for them. And they'd be like, "Oh, this is a beautiful in- inlet," and like, "Oh, this is fantastic. We get to go down to it and see the beach." And they're going, oh what goes down has to come back up because I know exactly yeah. what's happening and they're like oh there's a wooden bridge and I'm like that's like the hundredth wooden bridge I've seen <laughs> but I, it's nice to see other people's reactions and it does make you forget about like the ups and the downs and stuff but it's um yeah there's a lot of times when there was a point outside Aberystwyth, and I looked right and I could see north and I looked left and I could see south and it was just like, that's when the, the the magnitude of the distance I was doing really hit home. As I could see where I come from, and I could see where I had to go. It was, um, oh, yeah. it was intimidating, but then it was also quite, I don't know, it was calming. It's almost like you could see your end goal of have obviously it wasn't the end goal, but yeah. as soon as I knew I was around Gower or like Pembrokeshire, then it was going to become a bit easier and it's just uh there are ever areas there where you feel like you just can't escape certain things because it goes in and out in and out mm. if you see a lighthouse which is i don't know a mile away it could be seven or eight miles away by the path and then when you get to it you're like oh that's what gauges but then to get away from the bloody thing is just as long and you keep looking yeah. over your shoulder and it's like it's just i think weird. it was strundle head lighthouse that that thing still haunts me. I could see it when I started, and I could still see it when I ended that day. Um, but it's that part of the coast was probably my favourite part. It really, like where the cliffs like just jump out of the water, and yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's a great advertisement for the Wales Coast Path. Me and Hamy bang on about it pretty much every week uh, now. But obviously, you, you know, we're big fans, and so are you. Perhaps really quickly, uh, obviously, you're a race director as well. We spoke about this last time you were on the, on the podcast. Uh, your races, as it stands, are on. Obviously, it's a fluid mm-hmm. situation, but can you just quickly tell us what races you've got planned?
2: Yeah, of course, mate. So, to touch words, we should be able to have the Volgum this year, which is taking place in a couple of weeks, which is the Vale Coastal Path from Port Colt to Penarth. Then we have uh, two weeks after that, so the third Saturday of September is the South Canham, which is the canal race, nice and flat, but it goes from Newport to Brecon. It's very senior and beautiful, and it's probably really, uh, it's going to be some quick times on that course, put it that, put it that way. And then in October, we've got the Beast, which is uh, the Adam. Um, we tried our best to get it in the summer months. But for some reason, it likes appearing in the, the, the dark months of the year. You can't so not um, control it. I can't control it. <laughs> and it, you know what? It makes it more of a challenge. And I think people feel you know, it's more rewarding when you get to the finish line. It's 50 miles. It's up and down. It's up and down. And it's, uh, it's a difficult race, but it's very rewarding. And it's, it's, again, it's beautiful as well. Where is that one? That is just outside Brecon, a place okay. called Bridge. It's the mm. MOD area. And um, it's, that will be the final one of the year. And then hopefully next year we can get back to um, our full list of events. And I think we've got six for next year. So we're planning ahead and we're sort of just, yeah, 2020 has been a bit of a mess for everybody. And I genuinely think it's a great, it's the year of your own challenge. It's creating your own things and just getting out there and exploring. And I, that's what I tried to do. And yeah, it worked. So.
1: Love it. That's a fantastic place to finish. So thank you very much for talking to me, here,
2: Mate, my absolute pleasure. I love speaking to you. <laughs> cool.
1: And something I forgot to ask, Reese, which was, the, what is the most bullshit thing about running the entire Wales coast path? And he says, basically, it's up in North Wales by Machanfleth, where to travel one mile across a, a river, you have to cover 25 miles on foot because there's no bloody bridge. So we've agreed next time he does one of these challenges, uh, he's going to raise money to build a bridge instead.
0: Or oh, just swim. I'd just swim across.
1: Yeah, it's awful. I just lo- I looked at it on the map, and it is 25 miles where I think as the crow flies it's like half a mile maybe um, but like between the roads where you might run on it's a mile and it's just soul destroying there was another part uh, in Carmarthenshire he headed east for half a day and then turned back and went west for half a day and finished only a few miles away from where he started which is just awful
0: Crazy. I'm g- I'd like to applaud you on your pronunciation there
1: it was close I just kind of uh, styled it out and hopefully it was fine <laughs> no one knows Um Whoa, so what do you reckon about um, Reese's illusions next year and new challenges? That was interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have no idea because he seemed keen on the idea of doing something that other people hadn't done and of seeing Wales and I'm not really sure. I know that, you know, there's only a few cities in Wales, so maybe he's going to run between the cities and I don't know, obviously it's not going to involve the coast, I don't expect. <laughs> I'm sure he's sick to death yeah. of that. Um, I mean,
1: what could be a bigger challenge than the whole coast path I'm, I'm fascinated to see
0: yeah yeah, he's obviously got something in mind because he said he had his goal in mind but not really sure mm. how to do it so he's obviously got some sort of um, like theme around it but yeah it'd be interesting he's to been
1: see interestingly sneaky there I like it a lot uh,
0: but he said he's going to do that is he going to do that next year yes as well as running Badwater water. Yeah, why not? Yeah, let's well, just wipe that one out as well. That, that was my attitude to doing, like, a marathon and an ultra in the same year, which I, I didn't really do very well at either, so...
1: Well, bad water's only 135 miles, yeah. it's a piece of piss.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it'll be fine. <laughs> bullshit running news, bullshit running news, da-da-da-da-da-da, running news, Hey!
1: Uh, we'll start with a story a lot of people have flagged up to us but it's kind of one I don't it's one of these ones again I don't want to put too much time into because it's just someone being a dick Um, So it's the race event company who restarted recently. Uh, They do more elite level races and they had their license withdrawn after they were found not to be following appropriate COVID-related guidelines. Their response was to post on Facebook that it was a shame and now you'd have to go and run with the fatties on Blackpool Prom. I'm like, fucking hell. So they deleted that, obviously, after they got a load of shit. They apologised a day later and then deleted that as well because they got a load of shit for that. And then they said they want someone else to do their social media. (laughs) Now, obviously a load of runners piled on this and again because people were sending it to me because i think they think that you know we call out these kind of things as we do but i i tend not to react to these things too quickly because in a way i don't want to give them more attention and if it's just one person being a dick and this company's not going to run races anymore then it you know almost doesn't matter they're elite level races so i'm not going to be involved no one i know is going to be involved but they do set a bad precedent and uh, yeah i don't know um I I do think people probably need to chill out a little bit, because this is obviously wrong. There were 150 comments on there saying how bad it was. You probably don't need to add 150 first.
0: No, no. And and is it any surprise that they weren't following appropriate COVID-related guidelines? No, not at all. I'm not surprised at all. It's like, oh, well, we're above that. We're above being nice to people, being polite, looking after people's safety, you know?
1: (laughs) So, yeah, that's, you know, don't go with shitty race organisers. Just...
0: Yeah, basically. Well, that's a good thing about social media as well. You get to know what the shitty races are before even mm-hmm. having to buy an entry and give them any new money. So there we go. <laughs> um, it's been a very complicated week of whether or not wearing a buff as a mask is pointless, fine, or actually worse than not wearing anything. Um, so lots of people saw a study on mask effectiveness, which seemed to show that wearing the type of buff that runners regularly use as masks may break down larger droplets into smaller ones which can spread further of course this is all in like covid related face mask Mm -hmm. news um however a bit more rigor has been applied and it seems that this was a study of how to test masks and not about their actual effectiveness of course it was because Whenever there's some sort of scientific research, it always gets skewed in the press to whatever people will mm. scare people the most and sell them the most papers or get the most viewers, you know, whatever. Uh, fake news. So the droplet test was from only one person saying three words through the buff and was done as a proof of concept. I don't know who commissioned that study who paid for it but it's not robust <laughs> there are a huge amount of variables in transmission and infection so let's just bear that in mind when reading anything about covid all these tests are very early and a lot of people will go for big headlines to get clicks of course so let's be careful you know there's been so much crap about covid from like there is about a lot of things from studies that i wouldn't even call studies Because one person saying three words through a mask is not proof of anything at all.
1: Well, I think that for this, it was actually a proof of whether you could test it by using like a phone and a laser to to track droplets so I think they just finding out if that was possible to do and whether that was replicable but that's um, like a pilot then,
0: study not like yeah of course follow, yeah, that's, yeah that's
1: that's testing the test yeah, yeah yeah. But obviously people jumped on it and you know I shared it you know because lots of people were sharing it and I thought that was kind of interesting mm. but then there was one against it and there was one for it uh, it's gone back and forth a bit so yeah I think I've learned as well again just to let it kind of come in and give it a few days before sharing these kind of things because it's it's really easy to share the wrong thing and just get carried away
0: but you know what buffs are good for? Looking very fashionable and showing support for your favourite podcast. I
1: was thought you were going to say blow your nose, so that's good.
0: Yeah, that too. <laughs> buffs are available from runningisbs.com patron.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Well done. Uh, now, <laughs> the best story of the week also sent in by loads of people. Uh, the headline, Nude jogger wearing only a bum bag and trainers spotted running at North Staffordshire beauty spot. Now, this was reported in the Stoke Sentinel, and the article itself is probably more entertaining than the story to me. Uh, I quote, A wildlife photographer was stunned to spot the naked man wearing only a bum bag and trainers as he snapped pictures of the sunset in the roaches near Leek last week. The 46-year-old quickly turned his lens on the man to prove to himself he wasn't seeing things, having just woken from a nap. It shows him retreating down a path with his bare bottom on full show as two sheep nonchalantly eat grass. Other photos were unprintable. <laughs> How else does sheep eat grass? Why do you have, Why is that mentioned? Why is that in the story? It,
0: they just wanted to paint a picture, didn't they? <laughs> absolutely. I, and they did. I can see it vividly. It's quite a beautiful scene. I, I love the, the bum bag wearing a bum bag. I wonder if that was a spy belt or a flip belt. It, you know what? He yeah. wasn't wearing... Even he wasn't crazy enough to wear his phone on his wrist, though, was he? No, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> um, there was also because it's a wonderful local press. Uh, there's also a bit of background here as well, just to get, I think, a small gag at the end. The Roaches, managed by Staffordshire Wildlife Trust, is famed for once being home to wallabies after five of them were released into the wild in the late 1930s. This is very relevant. Many of the marsupials died during a particularly harsh winter in 1963, with the last verified sighting of one of the creatures being in 2009, and they are now believed to be extinct in the area. But the photographer added, I've not seen any wallabies, just willies. <laughs> <laughs> hey! hey! Well oh. done, Stoke Sentinel. You've done a cracking it. work there. <laughs> and I also saw this um, somewhere else. I think some other people had seen him and actually approached him and spoken to him. And I just, I think actually, as the comments, I surprised me to learn the comments supported this was basically, so what? Mm. There's a guy running naked in the countryside. He's not, it's not illegal to do that. It's only illegal if you intend to cause offence. Mm. He's out in the countryside running on his own somewhere fairly remote you know he's not doing anything wrong
0: no I, I think we're very oversensitive about nudity in this country aren't we and we can't yeah. quite separate when something's you know aiming to cause offense and when something's just some bloke running around naked you know let him get of it
1: the other story was saying things like well what are we supposed to tell the children well you say that's a man naked running <laughs> that's that's it really isn't it why else yeah. kids don't give a shit
0: no, he's not causing any harm, bless him. Let him let him live his best life running around. I love people, are,
1: and, and people are out taking photos of him and printing them. <laughs> he's getting long lensed in the roaches.
0: Oh, Ooh. God. And I bet he thought, you know, I just want to go out and feel the wind in my nether regions and everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. oh. And they've got some bloody wildlife photographer
1: having a nap, God. taking photos of sunset. I, you
0: know what? I bet that wildlife photographer was a bird watcher as well. He's seen a cock or two hey, hey. <laughs>
1: something boobies tits something something birds with funny names
0: yeah <laughs> i mean we could we could try and contact him For other people have gone up to him and spoken to him i mean we found pinskin man we did the impossible
1: it's true can we find the north staffordshire new jogger
0: yeah get in touch if you know him
1: <laughs> do you know what? there are naked races i have heard of such things in various places that would be interesting to get like a, a race director from one of those in mm. a naked runner a proper naked runner though that'd be interesting
0: definitely
1: put that on the list
0: <laughs> so Stuart what's next for you
1: uh well next weekend I'll be camping in Snowdonia which is mm. uh, sounds very nice is um, this the club obviously... count
0: is, it, is this a club camp
1: or well it's people, people I know from, from the club because yeah. my only friends are from my own club so Good. I don't know other people because what's the point um, so, obviously, I'll be going to the coast path, we'll be taking the dog, doing a bit of camping, cooking some crap food. It'll be great fun.
0: I, I'm going camping as well, but not, you know, not anywhere near, anywhere nice for running. I'm going back to Ursk, actually. So Ooh, I, could... I, don't,
1: I don't see you as a camper.
0: So, you know what? I, I used to camp a lot as a kid, because we used to have a lot of our holidays camping. But as I got older, I become very fearful of tents in that I get very claustrophobic and I don't like anything in my face. So (laughs) me and my partner bought a tent and we had a practice the other day in somebody's garden and it was really windy because it was quite near the uh, quite near the coast. And in the middle of like two a.m., I had like a big panic attack, and we had to go sleep inside <laughs> in the hallway. So, uh, <laughs> so we're trying again next Tuesday. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So uh, but back to us. So maybe a bit of wild swimming and pigeon rescuing, you know?
1: Oh yeah, excellent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to the old uh, pigeon rescue stomping grounds. Um, if you do
1: get your kit off make sure there's no photographers around
0: yeah oh no definitely not <laughs> yeah so that that's all that's coming up next for me not much else I might take Pip on a few more walks me running her walking sort of thing Excellent. so yeah that's about it there's not much else going on is there so
1: no there isn't there oh isn't.
0: I'm not doing the ultra either that's the other thing to mention which oh, uh, yes. you know uh, Reese mentioned that the Vogum is still on I know it's still mm-hmm. on um, I had an email about it a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, saying um, the race is at the moment still on, but Mm -hmm. if you want to defer, you can. I'm just going to defer because at that point, I realised it's like literally two weeks away and the longest run I've done is like 12 miles. So yeah, I've deferred to next June. Yeah. No ultra
1: stories this year. Never mind.
0: Not this year. No. Although actually there is that race in September, that 24 hour race in Bristol. Are you signed up for that one? It's like a loop i think it's yeah like I, a six I have signed up route.
1: to it. i i'm honestly i've got no idea what races have been cancelled or deferred or postponed or anything i've got no idea i don't think it's happening i don't know
0: okay i haven't heard anything either good information i've got for for there yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: thanks um so a final shout out to our patreon one dollar donors they are matt angela moena louise chris anthony victoria charlie jonathan john harry liz larry len rich steph and matt thank you
0: If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit www. If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias.
1: And don't forget the giveaway, runningisbs.com forward slash giveaway. Win a box of running nice things.
0: Yay. Bye.
1: That was from Burry Port, uh, which is the start and finish of my second Ultra. Wait, get down. He's on the sofa. Good point. That's okay. Trying to look out the window because Ollie's just left. Good boy. Right. To Gowerton along the coast of Carmarthenshire. Uh, it would have been